Hello everyone. For those that don't know me, uh, my name is Polis. I've got one wife, and one son, and a daughter on the way. Uh, my wife and Malika is at the back in the toddler's room. Uh, she's giving me a break tonight. Yeah, so it's a, it's a sobering thing when you realize that uh, every breath you take is, is dependent on the Lord's grace and His mercy and nothing that you actually do. You, you can do nothing out of your own strength. So really, tonight the word I'm sharing is, is really what, it's not me, it's not what I feel, it's not what I'm trying to, to say, it's really what I, I, f- I feel the Lord is saying. So have grace, because He has to use my tongue. <laughs> so try, really try and listen to what, what the Spirit is saying. Um, yeah, so I'll be, I'll be preaching in threes today, so we've got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you'll see most of my preach goes in threes. So I just want to, just quick survey, who knows what the, what the most quoted scripture in the Bible is today? Okay? Okay, 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 so Jan David has it so it is actually it is it is actually John three verse sixteen, and it reads, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life." And I mean, this is an amazing scripture, and it it, it really makes sense that it is the most quoted today. Um, I remember I was I think I was in grade one. Gerru can correct me if I'm wrong. We were in primary school and. Um, we had general assembly the morning, and one of the teachers was doing the morning devotional, and they they asked us uh, if anyone could quote John three sixteen. And I remember grade one. I mean, this we were a school of, of about eight hundred thousand, more or less. Sticking my hand up and, and standing up in front of everyone and quoting it word for word. Um, and then I remember she gave me a wooden cross, and I was quite disappointed because you usually get like a chocolate or something. <laughs> So I think I've still got the cross somewhere. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's really amazing because I feel this scripture, there's so much power in this scripture, John 3.16. Because firstly, it tells us that the reason God did anything that he did is because of how much he loved us. For God so loved the world. And then we hear that he gave his only son, the one thing that he actually cherished more than anything, a part of him. He gave him to us to die on a cross for our sins. So that we could be saved and would not have to face the consequences of our sin, which is death. Um, but I really want to focus on the last bit of this. And it, it's the last bit that says, but have eternal life. And that bit, eternal life, I want to I look at. Now, it can, you can kind of draw out of it a, a bunch of things, the things that it can mean. Um, it could be heaven, eternal life, because in heaven there will be no death. It could be salvation because you move from death into life, or immortality, which is basically, obviously, eternity, living for eternity. I should have opened the water before, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I believe all three are captured together, this heaven, salvation, immortality. But I believe the best way to interpret this scripture is to go back to scripture. So we can actually have the next one on, John 17 verse 3. And this just basically explains that. It says, for this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And the title of my preach today is, Knowing Jesus. 
and I should have started my timer off. <laughs> and for those of you that were wondering, I don't do this often. <laughs> the preaching part, the timer I do a lot when I make brothers coffee. Okay, so there's three questions that I'm going to answer. And then after that, there's three points that I'm going to make. So what does it mean to know Jesus? What happens when you don't know Jesus? And then what does it look like when someone truly knows Jesus? So the first one is what does it mean? And so John, it's, it, this verse is always in the book of John. And John is writing this. And so John is actually referred to in scripture as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I believe that this adds so much more value and depth to him when he quotes this part of what Jesus is saying. Now, the word know in Greek is gnosko. And I got that from Stefan, so if it's wrong, you can just tell him. But, it <laughs> but gnosko, it can't be compared to, to the English word of know. And even Afrikaans, ken, kenyo. I mean, it can, it, it's got such a big variety of things. So the word know, according to Oxford, the English word, is to know someone, is to recognize them and be familiar and friendly towards them. It is also a knowledge built up from spending time with or gaining knowledge of that person. I mean, that's, that's kind of basic. You can know someone just from reading their Facebook profile. It's not, that's not what John is saying here. The word gnosko means to know from your inner being, from personal experience and time spent together. So that's the one part. And then it's a knowing from the heart and the soul, not just from the head. It is an intimate knowing. And this is, this is the word that John is using, gnosko, that intimate, intimate knowing. It's not just reading or head knowledge. It comes from inside. It's almost like it's, it's part of you. That's how well you know this person. And um, so according to John 3.16, eternal life starts when you get saved, when you give your life to Jesus. You acknowledge, Lord, I'm a sinner and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. But then the purpose of your life from that point on is not just to be saved, it's to get to know Jesus. That's literally the purpose of every day going forward into your life um, to build an intimate relationship with Him. So the second question is, what happens when you don't know Him? And in Matthew 7, Jesus is speaking to a large crowd of people it's the Sermon on the Mount in your Bible. And <clears throat> it's a mixture of people. So a bunch of them maybe have already kind of been following Jesus for a while. Maybe there's a bunch of new people. So we're not sure if, it, if they're newly saved, unsaved. It's, it's a big group of people. And um, I just, I really felt preparing this speech that the, the word I'm sharing is not, and what Jesus was sharing here is not just for newly saved or unsaved people. It's even for the guys that have been following Jesus for a long time. It's for you as well. And he says it's uh, the next scripture, Andre. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name. And I will declare to him, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Actually, I'm getting goosebumps because the scary part of this is they really thought they knew him. They had the, the not the audacity, but the 
almost the courage and the strength that they will literally, God, like, we want to come in. We, we know you. We are part of you. We've been following you. I mean, how many of you have done mighty works in, in Jesus' name? I haven't. I've seen a few, but I haven't done mighty. So, David, did you Ah, okay. You've, you've done a few healings. Yeah. So, but these guys were really, I mean, they were filled with the, the strength of the Spirit. The blessing was there. They were doing these mighty works, and they were following Jesus. And then he says, you don't know me. And I, well, basically he says, I don't know you. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a sobering thought. So keep, keep that one in your head. Um, when, you, when, you, when you think about this, do I know Jesus? And does he know me? Think about that. Am I just following? Am I just doing? Am I just obeying? Or am I knowing? The next one is, what does it look like when someone truly knows Jesus? And on that, I've got three points as well. And for those that didn't pick it up, in the first, the first scripture was John 3. So just <laughs> between the threes. <laughs> okay, you can put the next one on. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. And it's, it's, it's simple. It's, it, that's what it is, keeping his commandments. But it's, it's not just the Ten Commandments of the Old Testament. It's not just the law. Obviously, the law has been replaced with the law of Christ. But the law of Christ is even more detailed. There's even more stuff in that he, that he wants us to do. So it's more than just the commandments, the Old Testament commandments. Jesus came and he gave us new commandments. And that's, that's the four Gospels. That's the physical words that Jesus spoke. Do this and follow me and live like this. And then even after that, um, the whole of the New Testament, the, the letters that were written, the prophecies, all of those are spirit-inspired. The scripture says, for all scripture, I actually didn't get the text, but it says, all scripture is God-breathed. So everything in the Bible is through the spirit for us. So those are the commandments, the whole world, your word. You have to take the whole word into consideration. And then there's the commandment of the Spirit, which lives inside of you. And he's the one that convicts you of sin and righteousness. And you've got to obey that as well. So obeying the commandments is the, the, the first point of someone that truly knows Jesus. I've actually got this quote. Uh, I told my wife I wasn't going to say it, but... In every day, there is at least one opportunity to obey or to stray. <laughs> Second point is uh, you stay close to him. You, you abide. And I'm, the word abide is something that you can do a whole preach on that. But it's, it's being in someone. It's being intimately with someone. Staying in that place of intimacy. Um, yeah, you can have the next one up. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. And the reason Jesus uses the example of a shepherd <coughs> is because he is the good shepherd. Well, he uses the example of a good shepherd, not just a shepherd. So the regular shepherds you get, the hired hands, they kind of just chase the sheep. I mean, it's not that the mega farms we have now, like in Harvard and his family has, we just chase the sheep into, no, in, that, in this context, the good shepherd, so he's there, so I'm picking on him now. I'll do Logan next. So the good shepherd is, is someone that, in those days, the shepherd would lead his sheep. 
but he would also be among, amongst them the whole time. He would live with it. Most of his life would actually be with his sheep. That's what a good shepherd did. He would live with them. He would care for them. He'd, he'd look for the best pastures for them to, to feed on. And he would literally lead them. And the sheep would follow him to those places. When the sheep was sick, he'd heal it. He'll, he'll look after it. He'll pick it on his shoulders, carry it with. If lions and bears came, he defended with his life. And that's how the good shepherd lived with his sheep. And I really think that if you look at the life of David and how God spoke about David, a man after his own heart, it's because David was a shepherd. And David laid down his life for the sheep. And the best part is it wasn't even his sheep. It was his father's sheep. But he had this, this, this commitment, this love, and this, this experience of being a good shepherd. But as a sheep, as, as a sheep, you've, always, you've also got to kind of choose to go with the shepherd. So the good sheep goes where the shepherd goes because he knows that's where I'm going to get good food. That's where I'll get water. That's where I'll get healing and nourishment. That's where I'll be safe. And now I'm going to sleep there tonight. So the good sheep, where not each of them is always next to the, to the shepherd, but he's going with him. He wants to be in close proximity to the shepherd. And it's actually told that, yet again, quoting Stefan, so correct him if he's wrong. But the, in those days, the shepherd would spend so much time with the sheep, individually, taking care of each one of them, that he would actually be able to tell them apart from each other by how they smell. That's how much he worked with the sheep. Yeah. And... Um, so just staying close to Jesus, this is maybe a question you can ask yourself. Um, you might laugh, but really, like, ask it. If, if we were, so we, figuratively, spiritually, we are sheep, okay, and Jesus is a shepherd. But imagine, literally, we're a bunch of sheep, okay, and Jesus is here. He's the shepherd. We sheep. Would he know what you smell like? So think about that. Are you living close to him? Are you going to him for everything enough that he knows he knows you, knows what you smell like? And then the third one. You count nothing of higher value than knowing Jesus Christ. Um, you can have the next scripture on. Indeed, this is Paul writing to the Ephes uh, to the Philippians. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth. Um, uh, another translation uses joy, the surpassing joy of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. Everything as a loss the person who truly truly knows jesus understands that there is nothing on earth or in heaven that compares in value to the joy of knowing jesus and such a person would be willing to give up everything even to the point of death to know jesus to get close to him to have that intimacy and if you don't know that intimacy, if you haven't experienced that intimacy, you won't know what it's like. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll kind of fight against you when someone 
reads this word and says, hey, you've got to give everything up for Jesus. So if, if, if tonight, there's, there's two people that I actually want to, that I feel the Lord is laying, no, not two people, two groups of people that the Lord is laying on my heart. And actually, the worship team, did you guys prep treasure in the field? Okay, the worship team can come up so long. Um, so there's two groups of people that I, that I feel the Lord is speaking to. And the first one is, you're not even in the flock. You're one of the sheep way on the outside. Maybe you're passing by. I mean, you just popped into church just for the Sunday, just to check it out. Or you've been standing on the outside of the fence, looking in what God is doing and what the, the people, the sheep on the inside are experiencing. You're seeing it, but there's, there's something that's blocking you. You're not, you're not going in. You're not stepping in. And it's almost like the word that they, sh they shared about the rain. The Lord wants to bless you. He wants to nourish you and feed you. But you've got to step into that. Step into the rain. And so if, you've, if you're here tonight and you have never met Jesus... Like you, you maybe, I mean, you've maybe heard about him and you've kind of tried to follow the word and follow some teaching, but you've never actually met him. Like you don't know him, that word gnosko, that intimate, intimate knowing. If that's you tonight, would you please just raise up your hand and so that we could pray for you. And yeah, then maybe some of the guys can come forward later as we go into worship. I really want to pray with you so that I can, I can just introduce you to Jesus because he's the author of your life of your faith he's the one that's going to walk this journey with you he's the one that's w without him none of this is worth anything the worship the word the, the socials we have nothing is worth anything if you don't know Jesus so if that's you tonight please please come come forward when we start worshiping you don't have to raise your hand now come forward and ask me or Logan or, or some of the guys here to pray with you we would really like that if you met Jesus. It's not about us. It's about you. That one person here tonight is about you meeting Jesus. And then, and then the second one is, is similar, but it's for the guys that have been kind of faithfully following. And I had this picture a while back about Jesus walking, walking on the beach. And you're following. You're faithful. You see he's there, and you see the footprints, and you're walking. You're following and remember in the beginning, Jesus calls his disciples and he says, follow me. And at the end of his ministry, before Jesus goes to heaven, he asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? It's a, it's a, do you know me? It's not just, are you following me? So if you're here tonight and you've, you've been following faithfully, you've been trying to follow the Lord, you've been doing the things, but that, that word, gnosko, that intimate knowing, you don't feel that. You feel there's a lack, there's a lack, there's more about Jesus that I don't know, that I don't experience daily. If that's you tonight, please come forward as well. When, when we start, we're going to go into this song now and we can pray with you that there's more, there's so much more to this Jesus than we can ever imagine. And um, yeah, so just, just going into the song, Jesus tells the parable about the guy that finds treasure in the field. And I felt that on Elmery's word about the diamonds. As, as he finds this treasure and he, he covers it up, runs back, sells everything that he has. Everything. 
and buys the field and now he's got the treasure and I really I really felt I would encourage you guys it's worth it that treasure is worth so much more knowing Jesus is worth so much more than anything that this life can offer you so get rid of of the things of this life that are that are putting themselves above Jesus above knowing him get rid of that buy the treasure in that field with everything in you and um and get to know Jesus. I just quickly want to pray for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can count a joy to lose things in this world, that, Lord, that, uh, that separate us from you. Thank you that we can know you on an intimate level, Lord, like, like nothing we've ever experienced. And thank you that there's more for us, more than we can see, more than we can fathom, Lord. More intimacy with you that we can ever imagine and I ask that you would come speak to our hearts tonight Lord that as we worship you our father our creator that we would get to know you Lord Jesus that you would come and speak into our hearts and guide us daily and show us the areas where we may be choosing to not know you and to maybe choose things of this world first we pray that in Jesus name amen